Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 224 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. It's Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here today, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's up, Richard? Hey, Seth. What's going on? Uh, not much. We have a, a pretty interesting week as far as the cast goes this week. Some late-breaking news, not a lot of actual gameplay, but a lot of uh, some community topics. But before I get into all that, we also have with us Krim. What's up, Krim? Hey, how's it going, Seth? Uh, I am doing pretty well. I, I'm excited for this cast. A lot of times we talk about tournament news and stuff like that, but we have some interesting topics today. So, uh, next week, we will be kicking off spoiler season for Modern Horizons. I believe, I know it officially starts Monday. I kind of think that they said it's going to start over the weekend at the end of the uh, Magic, Magic Online Championship, which is going on this week, which also, I believe, features Modern as one of the formats. So, uh, But yes, we will shortly have Modern Horizons spoilers. But for this week, we have some interesting topics. So first off, we want to talk uh, kind of a follow-up to our Mythic dis- uh, Edition discussion from last week. Basically, we know more about what Wizards is doing to try to correct the problems, I guess, uh, that happened with Mythic Edition. And then there's a lot of MPL news, Magic Pro League news. They started the actual league itself as far as gameplay this weekend. And then some uh, players leaving, coming, going. So that's kind of the topics for today. And then, of course, fish mail to wrap things up. So uh, let's jump right into it and kick things off with Mythic Edition. So Last week, we talked about kind of the issues with Mythic Edition, with canceled orders and refunds and this whole weird thing. Uh, so now we got a little bit more news about Mythic Edition. Uh, Richard, why don't you fill us in on uh, what happened with uh, the wrap-up to this Mythic Edition story? I have no idea, Seth. I, I, oh. saw, I, saw the, I saw the post for the class action lawsuit. I rolled my eyes. Uh, <laughs> I, I also know that, so, so last week, so when the refunds came out, you know, people were getting like partial refunds and they didn't get the whole. So so Watsi and eBay has kind of squared that all up. They have made sure that your shipping and taxes and whatever were refunded. Uh, in addition to that, uh, people are getting full uncut foil sheets of War of the Spark. They got a coupon code, which was uh, how much? $50? I think $20, $20 from eBay, yeah. $20 and th- these are people that got the confirmation so like they said like your order went through and then later got canceled right and then there was a rush of posts of like how do I frame a full <laughs> a full uncut <laughs> you know uh, foils and how do I cut them and the uh, TLDR don't cut them unless yes. you take them to like a real place to cut them and uh, they are notoriously expensive to frame so good luck but it is pretty cool and if you don't want yours i want one yeah i'll, I'll take it <laughs> if you don't want I'll it, take it. I, yeah i kind of want one too so so, I, so I, hasbro and watsy tried to do their best to square people up and then uh there was this lawsuit which is just a class action lawsuit and i don't really know what the actual uh cases or if it's valid or anything about that because i am not a lawyer yeah, I am definitely not a lawyer, too. From what I could tell, it seemed like the crux of the case is uh, 
essentially, if I'm understanding it right, like, wizards offer these for sale, which is, like, sort of uh, uh, some sort of contract legally or something, and then not to fill those orders is, like, somehow illegal or something. I have no idea how legitimate that is. Uh, some people seem to think, oh, yeah, this is a good thing. Other people were like, eBay says sellers can cancel their orders. That's, like, part of their terms of service, so I have no idea why this, like, is even a thing. I think this is the first time this has happened, though, and I know that the website for the lawyer or, like, uh, lawyer's group or whatever that is putting on this lawsuit uh, was actually crashed by Magic players when they announced it, so it seems like a lot of people are jumping on the train enough so to crash the website. I don't know. What, what do you think about all this, Grim? I mean, okay, I'm, I'm very, uh, <laughs> I'm very like torn on this personally because like i i understand why some people would be upset but at the same time i'm not really like i i i'm i'm not the kind of person that would be like this mad about it right like they still they still did something <laughs> you know what i mean like like they still did, did something where they gave like a, a foil uncut sheet and i know some people like I, I had this debate with friends they're like yeah but what am I going to, I can't even like play with these cards. And I'm like, well, but this uncut sheet is sweet. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the kind of person that just, I, I'm just not really that upset about it personally. So, but I, I don't understand why there's a class action lawsuit about it. <laughs> yeah. Like as a business owner, I just like shake my head. I'm like, you know, okay. I, like I, I understand if Watsy like prints some kind of card, it's poisonous or something, something gets, you know, someone gets sick and they're like, okay, yes. Right. Like, there, there was uh, negligence here or something, or like they they cut the cards; they were too sharp or something, and people were getting cut, <laughs> yeah. right? But like this sure. is not the first time someone put something up for sale and something went terribly wrong, right? Like, did they were they malicious? Was there negligence? Like, I don't know, right? Like, is this really a good use of people's time and money to be suing each other based on these things? So yeah, I understand they did something wrong, uh, but. You know, maybe this has the opposite effect, right? Where they're like, wow, every time we try to sell something and it goes wrong, people try to sue us left and right. Let's just not sell promos, right? Like, I don't know, right? Like, so I, I don't understand this lawsuit, you know, if it's valid or not, but, you know, really, like, you know, every time some website crashes when you can't buy something, like, do you go sue them? Like, I, I don't know. It just seems weird. <laughs> Be suing a lot of people then. <laughs> yeah, like, there, there's just so many things outside of Watsy where, stuff goes wrong on Amazon or eBay or something like I, I, I don't know I, I just don't see the point of it and I think it's uh, it was generous of Watsy to give everyone uh, the the uncut foil sheet plus the $20 certificate uh, I understand why they didn't give cards because if they gave cards it would like affect the market and things like that so they gave you the uncut sheet I just would have hoped it would have been more practical like it's cool to have this thing but like how are you going to frame it or ship it or do anything with it it's like so hard to manipulate right so but it's pretty cool it's like those un like those giant cards like they're really cool but they're just like super impractical if you're trying to like ship them or do anything with them right yeah yeah it's also a little awkward because uh, foil uncut sheets are normally fairly valuable but yeah. if you're giving out 10,000 or probably like the low estimates I've seen have been like around 10,000 and it could be more than that because they had like 50,000 orders at one point. But some of those might not like actually count towards getting the sheets for whatever reason, like multiple orders and stuff. So the value definitely goes down 
quite a bit because there's so many of them, which actually makes the like compensation a lot less valuable than a foil uncut sheet would normally be. For the lawsuit, I think it really only benefits the lawyers for the most part. I don't, have you ever gotten like a class action lawsuit thing in the mail? I can't remember. It was I, like, I get them and immediately throw them away. I, <laughs> like, yeah, even like, if this somehow is worth something, I get like 10 bucks. Like, is there a point to any of this? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, one of my cell phone companies did, had sketchy advertising or something. And I got a thing in the mail and is it really worth it? You get like $2 or $5 or $10. And then even if it's like a multi-million dollar settlement, that's mostly going to the lawyers that yeah, took the on the, Thing. take a big fat cut and then the leftovers they split amongst everyone else so it kind of feels a little bit like ambulance chasey from the lawyers and that they're like ah this is a chance for me to like sneak into this community and make a bunch of money so i don't know i guess the good thing that some people said that does make some amount of sense is maybe the lawsuit will encourage wizards to fix the issues but I think that's a little silly. Like, if you're going to do that, uh, do it when the Hasbro toy shop, which everyone knew was going to be an issue, was an issue. Like, I feel like Wizards kind of did fix the issue, and it, like, is rough that this went so wrong, but they did move to eBay, which was a big step in the right direction. If you can't trust eBay to sell your stuff properly, like, what e-retailer can you trust? Like, eBay is up there with Amazon as, like, some of the oldest and most legitimate e-retailers in the world so i feel like it's a little silly for wizards to get hammered so hard this time <laughs> uh, if you're gonna be really mad at wizards like literally everyone in the world said don't sell it through hasbro toy shop like we know this is not gonna work and that was a little predictable when that went wrong so uh, yeah, i don't next know year, no no online shopping you got to go to Watsi headquarters, line up, 8 a.m., <laughs> physically buy, cash only. We don't want to use any technology here with credit cards. They could go wrong. This is why we can't have nice but, things. <laughs> the Yeah. So the only other thing I would say is the compensation is also a little awkward because you actually, like my case, for example, I won't get a foil sheet. And I did try to order, but I never actually, like, could complete the order because eBay hung up and by the time it worked, it said it was out of stock. So it doesn't cover everyone who tried, like tried at the right time to get Mythic Edition. So, Maybe but you I guess join that's kinda... this class action lawsuit I've been hearing about, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> to get compensated need... for your time. <laughs> I want my $5. <laughs> it's uh, like... So, well, it, at least they're trying to do something. Uh, go, did you have something, Chris? Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> for five, like, so, yeah, what, what is pretty much $5? It's just like, oh, that's such bad value. Why would I go out of my way to do all of this? <laughs> as far as the sheets themselves, it looks like they are down to under $200 on eBay. I'm seeing a bunch in like 170, 150 with no bids. So I don't, at that price, are you guys tempted to pick one of these up just to like frame and hang? It's, I would really think, I think it would be a cool thing to have hanging on the wall. Like, is that, can, what can, price would you buy one of these? Can someone break down the price? So if I were to buy one, how much is shipping? <laughs> how much would it be to like get it framed? Like, what is the total cost to me for me to put this on my wall? Cause I'm afraid it says 200, 
But when I'm done with it, it costs me like $800. Like, that's so, what I'm afraid of. So most of the eBay auctions are free shipping. So that's the good news. So you can get one of the sheets for, let's say, for sure, like $180 with free shipping. Framing, I've heard a lot of different things. I've heard it's pretty expensive. And I've also heard you have to kind of get like higher end framing done, like non-acidic and certain stuff to like maintain the cards over the long haul. So I think you are going to have to invest probably a few hundred dollars just from reading random Reddit threads and stuff to actually get it framed properly. You could just like frame it and toss it up there pretty cheaply, but the cards would eventually be harmed by the cheaper frame and like whatever materials are in it. So, so yeah, so I think you'd probably be looking maybe $500, let's say framing, <laughs> I buying, think, I think I'll thing. put up my $5 poster. I don't know. <laughs> this is. <laughs> But you could you could always it's cut nice. it up, Richard. You could cut it up and sell them off like ten years from now. Oh yes, yeah. as uh, Richard personally cut this sheet. <laughs> Super <laughs> lopsided. The, none of the lines are straight. Yeah, and the corners are square. We're playing collector's edition now. It's just it's just you, misprints, right? <laughs> Part of the other card is still on it. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are going to try to cut it themselves, and you know it's not going to go well. Like I I no. know people are going to try to do that. So please, please don't. It's not going to work. There's no way you can get a proper magic card by, like, grabbing your scissors and going to town on your uncut sheet. <laughs> uh, anyway, any other any other thoughts on Mythic Edition, the compensation, or is it time to move on to uh, MPL stuff? All right, let's, uh, let's talk some MPL. So we actually have a surprising amount of MPL Magic Pro League stuff to talk about. Starting with number one, we actually had the start of the Magic Pro League. So uh, the Magic Pro League, while it's kind of like a group of players that get to go to pro tours and invitationals and stuff, it's actually also sort of a actual league that's taking place on Saturdays on the Wizards Twitch. And then whoever does best gets a buy into day two of the next arena mythic championship and you get i believe two mythic points per win or something someone uh one of the players told me so there are a pretty big amount of prizes on the line did either one of you catch any of the magic pro league week one this weekend i only got to tune in for a split second uh and watch a little bit of it i didn't know it took place (laughs) (laughs) until seth told me today I was I was kind of in uh, Crim's camp. I didn't get to watch it all weekend, but I did get to tune in and uh, watch some parts of it. What did you think of it, Crim? You know, I I personally kind of enjoyed it because I mean, like, it, well, there's there's a few things. So the the coverage on it was interesting. I I like I liked the team that they had. I really liked uh, like seeing Kibler and like you know I, all all like the people that you saw from the first Invitational like kind of doing it, but with Cedric Phillips, all that too, and then of course seeing all the pros playing and just seeing their take on what are the best decks and what are the optimal builds. So I liked it for like high level competitive play. Yeah. So it definitely was high level competitive play. Uh, it is a lot of really good players playing the best decks in standard. So that's an upside. The casters were really solid. You had Cedric, you had Kibler. Oh, who is who was the last one, Krim? Uh, the floor reporter from the Mythic Invitational. Oh, Becca. I can never remember Becca. her name. Becca. Yeah, Becca. She's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I had a really solid group of casters. Uh, a thing that I didn't like was in this. We're probably gonna kind of get into this as we talk more about the Magic Pro League, but. I didn't find the actual decks all that entertaining. I feel like the Magic Pro League 
it, it has this duality to it that I'm really trying to understand and come to grips with. Like, on one hand, you had literally the top 32 pro point earners. So, uh, at least to start off the league, the top 32 players. On the other hand, there's like streaming content, uh, contracts and all this like entertainment based stuff. And I'm really trying to figure out like with this pro league is idea to be like, okay, you get to watch the best players in the world play Esper versus Mono Red every weekend. Or is it <laughs> supposed to be like a Twitch entertainment? you know, product where, yeah, you have good players, but it's actually like an entertainment thing. And I'm really struggling with how to come to grips with this. And I almost feel like Wizards is in the same place, like this weird balancing act. We're streaming the best streamers. If you look at the top Twitch views of streamers, they're not the most competitive streamers. You got people like Knox and uh, Jeff Hoogland and Caleb that are streaming semi-competitive decks, downright janky decks some of the time. Those are like the most Twitch views. And then you have MPL players who are amazing players, way better than anyone I just named off, that are getting much less views playing those top tier decks. And it's so weird. What do you guys think of the duality of of the Magic Pro League. How do you look at this? Do you look at this like a spiky best player in the world thing or more of an entertainment, like grow the game and entertain the masses product? 100% entertainment. Uh, you know, most people are not trying to become a better player. Like, you know, this is why giving in-game advice never works. This applies to all games. Like, you know, League of Legends, StarCraft, you try to tell your teammate like, oh, if you just did this, you'd be better. And then, you know, people immediately shut up. Like, they're not trying to get better directly like that, right? Like, there's very few people. There are a couple of people, you know, Pro Tour grinders, like, oh, yeah, this is great. Thank you for this feedback. Most people are just trying to have fun and be entertained, right? So, you know, while this Esper mirror may be like a masterclass on how to navigate control mirrors between two pros, it is incredibly boring for everyone else. Most people just want to see some weird jank combo off, take someone, they want to see some kind of comeback story. Oh, he got down to one life, stabilized and came back. Some underdog story, this guy, you never played magic, whatever. This other guy was born from a magic family and now they're battling. Like (laughs) that's what people want to watch, right? So yes, like like you can't just have like total scrubs going at it, right? But you, you want to watch fun magic it's like football right like yes you could have this defensive battle where the score is like 3-0 and it was like the greatest match of football ever or you can just watch two gunslingers going and the score is like 49 47 and people love that stuff right so that's that's what we that's where we're at right it's going to be entertainment and with you know some some competitive aspect to make it look quasi-legitimate right and then yeah okay i'm kind of like I actually want to see competitive play more than, uh, I mean, I, I love entertainment and I think, uh, fun decks are, you know, should definitely be there. But at the same time, if I'm a newer player who wants to get better at the game and all this other stuff, I do want an outlet where I can tune in and watch players, uh, play like a certain deck optimally, right? And then this way I can learn from that. And, and so there, I do agree that it should be more entertaining. Like uh, sometimes, you know, just mono red versus mono red or Esper versus Esper is going to be a little boring, but you get mirror matches with how popular they are uh, can be, you know, like it's going to be something you want to know how to maneuver as a player. How do you sideboard? How do you do all this other stuff? So I kind of actually like 
the way the MPL is super spiky, you know, yeah, unfortunately, it's mono red versus Esper. How many times can you handle it? But it's. But here, here's the problem with that, Krim. For, for that person, you have to play magic to watch. Right. Right. And if you want to be in esports, you need to transcend that your watchers are players. Like we all watch football or basketball or baseball, but how many of us actually play those sports on a regular basis? Like very few. Right. 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 Same with like League of Legends, StarCraft. You watch like these esports without actually playing. Maybe you were a player at one point, but you don't actively play. So the holy grail for magic is that maybe your life gets busy. You no longer play magic, but you still tune into MPL every week and watch to see what's going on. Right. And for those players, learning optimal lines isn't as important because they don't even, they don't even play anymore. Right. So see, so I think that's kind of the holy grail where we want to get where people watch this card game without actually playing it. Well, then this is where you can kind of go a little away from like, like, you know, basketball, all that is stuff. You go a little more like how wrestling does it. You spin a narrative. <laughs> I'm not even getting, you spin a narrative. Yeah. You make a cool story out of the matches, right? Cause like the matches are, like, instead of randomizing or whatever, maybe you go like, well, like boxing or something like, oh, well, this week it's going to be like Reed Duke versus Seth Manfield. And you can dig up some history like, oh, they've played each other nine times before in the top eight of another PT, which is still part of the NFL. You still hear that like, oh, these teams have gone at it this amount of times. And so you, you just get a, you spin a narrative on it so there, there there's this weird cool story to it like yeah all right well this is the underdog you know like i this person has never beaten this person in a competitive like in a best of three match or something like that right <laughs> i love it so i love the wwe i don't know if it's cedric phillips just corrupting me but, <laughs> but the, like, like the whole thing of so wwe right is it real no are these guys insanely talented and athletic yes right and i think mpl is gonna be somewhere like that where like these players are all really good players, but you're kind of emphasizing the story and the drama, and it's actually some kind of weird soap opera. And, <laughs> you know, like, let's not pretend NFL is not like that too, right? right? Like, you know, NFL is an actual sport, but people love, they love the, you know, the Tom Brady, Belichick evil empire story and like the Peyton Manning things. Like they all love that controversy, like the WWE aspect of it. Yeah. I think that's where MPL needs to kind of kind of fit in because uh we're gonna get to this in the future it, it's not just the top players in the mpl right it's not a stack rank of whoever has most pro points or achievements or whatever right it is a selection of players i i think yeah and we'll get to that in just a minute the thing i wanted to say is i think your football example is really a good one um i really like football and i can really enjoy a 10 to 3 football game where you see great defense. If you are like a long time in franchise football plan, uh, or, or fan, you will enjoy that type of game. However, like my whatever random friend that doesn't care about football, my mother, whoever, they don't want to see a 10 to 3 football game. They want to see the 49 to 47 because they don't care about football. They just want to see cool things happen. So I think that that's, that's the problem with the, super spiky plan is sure like 
the very enfranchised magic players that can look at an Esper mirror and appreciate the intricacies of leaving up your counter spells, they're going to love it. But for read the magic arena subreddit, those people don't want to, those people hate Teferi. They, <laughs> oh my goodness, you've never seen a group of people hate anything more than the arena subreddit hates Teferi. They don't want to see Esper mirror. They just want to see crazy, flashy stuff happen because that's what they think of magic. They want to see a big Ajani's pride made or someone like, you know, cast a huge electro dominance or something. So I feel like what makes for the best like tournament magic is not what makes for the best entertainment project uh product and i feel like it's even more important now with arena where you're getting all these like casual to semi competitive players joining the game because of arena those are the people that we should be appealing to like one of the biggest flaws with magic content is like 90% of the content is made for the spikes, which are like 10% of the player base. Like, yeah. And wizards needs to realize that that's not exactly, and this isn't to say they need bad players or to make everyone play Momir against the odds decks, but I would love to see. <laughs> MPL, like, do like the Super League where you can, maybe you can only play the same deck one time for the course of the league just to force people to play. You don't got to play a bad deck, but play different decks and see different things to make the entertainment part of the MPL a little bit more appealing to the not enfranchised players that are a majority of the player base. Well, I, okay. So I, before I, we get too filthy casual, let me, <laughs> let me bring it back to the actual MPL here. So it, the, the actual broadcast, it looks kind of like the mythic invitational but there were a couple of key elements missing right they were not live right so they did not have live camera uh live player cams and their reactions which was so Krim, you were actually part of this right it was some of the best parts of the mythic invitational right watching people react them having fun them you know like hoping for that top deck or you know face palming when their opponent gets the perfect top deck like that's yeah. part of the fun uh, but also when I heard Magic Esports, I was thinking of like an arena with two competitors, maybe even a little crowd, a live caster desk, cheering, you know, like the crowd goes wild, right? Like imagine watching a football game with no, with no crowd noise, right? Like we, and then that Twitch sub only chat, like even further dampens that, but, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I, I feel we need some of this, right? And we didn't have, we have the live casters desk, but we didn't have like live competition with like a in studio audience and like, you know, fan chants and stuff like that. Like, I think they need to actually get that to get the sports feeling, right? Like the, the fan chants, the cheering, you know, a pan of the audience, which the, the mythic invitational actually had, right? Cause it was actually a live venue. Uh, so. I think they need to do some of that to actually make this an esports as opposed to, you know, some kind of streaming event, right? Or online streaming event. Like Twitch Rivals, this is basically the same thing, right? Like MPL should be a step up from that. I mean, how, how do you do that though? Like, I mean, that, that, that's like flying all these ple like players from like all over the world. You know what I mean? Like it to keep them there, right? If you want to be MPL, come to Seattle, live here for a year. We pay you your salary. Like, so have them relocate, leave their lives at home and move to Seattle though. I, I, I'm not gonna yeah. lie to you. Like, I mean, is I, cause then do, do you think the contract then has to go up in value because like you're leaving home now? It's, it's not like the convenience from your home. You're just leaving your house and you're moving to Seattle temporarily for what is maybe a year. Who knows? Right. Because who knows how long this, this MPL contract thing goes for? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of how sports works. Right. I, I don't know. Like at some point we, we have to make that 
you have to bite the bullet, right? You're like, look, this is a job offer and the job offer is in Seattle, right? So if you want it, you, we will pay you this much. You will re relocate here and we will, we will do this, right? And then like, you know how kind of like the amateur pro players, like if you want to, if you want to grind events, you move to like Roanoke or something, right? Like that's where all the SCG events are, you know, centered around. Uh, kind of here, right? If you want to be MPL and you're a Magic hopeful, you go to Seattle and you you stay there, and then you're gonna be in this community of Magic players, and MPL will happen every weekend, and kind of like how Los Angeles is like the the hub for League of Legends and things like that. I I think, like I don't know, like I don't know how else you, how else you would get a live audience. I think the live audience is actually what makes it fun, right? Like what makes watching Magic fun is cheering with other people, right? Like sitting there backseat driving with all the other fans of like oh why did he do that play and like gasping and all like that's kind of the spectacle right imagine watching wrestling without an audience or football <laughs> without an audience like that's what we're doing right like it's just me and the computer and like a twitch chat message like every like five minutes right like it's not the the kind of same fan environment okay i just like i mean and like don't get me wrong i agree i think all of that has to happen like it would be great to have that happen then it becomes like a spectacle and like this crazy huge event but it just seems kind of hard to ask you know what i mean like uh, like to bring all those players and then like have them like live in a streamer house or something like that you know what i mean because like you can do that with league sure um league also league contracts though are bigger right yeah so i well now they're big right right but like imagine five years ago it was just as sure bad as this right <laughs> sure sure but like I, I think at this point though they would ha that would then mean that watsu would have to up their contract game to where league is and dota is and stuff like that right now in order to make like that happen now I, I would love to see that happen i would love to also like see like you know like a magic arena thing fill up a you know a uh an esports stadium or something like that right that's great yeah I, I i think it would be amazing to see it filmed there but yeah the hardest part is just all of this like getting everyone under one roof seems kind of difficult i i can understand that for like invitationals maybe keep that for like the invitational and then I don't think having them like film like the way they are right now is the absolute worst. So I think it's, it's totally fine. I think the only thing they need to do is just spin a narrative, get a little more story to it. And yeah, add face cams if you want. It, although it's like face cams from their house, but even then it's a face cam, right? I <laughs> just green screen in the state. Yeah. Green. Yeah. You can green screen <laughs> in the state. Actually. Yeah. Then just like soundboard the, the, <laughs> the crowd, right? <laughs> It's like the sitcom laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> we'll add those in. It's fine. It's fine. That could work. <laughs> so, so since we're on the MPL topic, let's delve a little deeper into this because we've had some MPL changes. Some of these are just happening, like as we are recording. So, uh, first off, step one. Uh, we kind of got the end of the Yuya situation. Uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Yuya being DQ'd from the last Mythic Championship for having some suspiciously marked sleeves on his Tron deck. Well, the news came out this past week. Yuya kicked out of the MPL, kicked out of the Hall of Fame, and also banned for 30 months, which is, what, two and a half years? Uh, Wizard said they also reviewed, like, past video footage. They didn't say what they found exactly, but it sounds like they did a pretty big investigation into this so uh, yeah what do you think about the punishment for Yuya's crime I'm I mean like it pains me because like Yuya at the time was like a player that I really enjoyed watching it would always root for so there's that part but 
the the punishment is is fine i think it's perfect i mean I, it shows that they're taking this seriously that it doesn't matter you know if you're a hall of famer or not we will revoke that and also boot you out of the mpl uh not just for like a week or something like that this is this is a real punishment and i like it it, it shows because like you know like there's a lot of people that have this fear of playing paper events and they view online events as easier because you don't have to worry about getting cheated by random things or uh stuff like that and this is this is showing that yeah we're trying to crack down on that yeah i think it's fair i mean definitely can't be an mpl and then if he's suspected of cheating he can't be in the hall of fame and 30 months gives a punishment window but also a chance for redemption like if he wanted to he could come back and try to play clean again and build up a second career i guess i don't know i don't know if he'd be eligible for hall of fame in the future like if he pulls an lsv or something and just has or a finkel where he has like multiple hall of fame careers or if this is like forever a mark and he will never get in again but there is a chance for redemption while being severe to kind of send a message right like uh, cheating is not tolerated and also even if you're Hall of Fame or MPL like you're not protected right so I think it was fine yeah I think for me the big thing is that's a pretty severe punishment which I think is uh I think is probably deserved but to me it says that Wizards didn't have much doubt about this situation. There was a lot of debate in the community, like, oh, like, could it be some crazy situation? Could it be an accident? Could someone else have done it? I don't think Wizards would have laid down a 30-month ban and the getting kicked out of the Hall of Fame if they weren't pretty convinced that this was intentional cheating. That is a really harsh punishment. We saw the kind of, like, opportunistic cheating DQ, and the punishment was you don't get to play in the Mythic Invitational. So if that's the punishment for opportunistic cheating, they had to be very convinced that this was intentionally cheating on you's part. We we need better classification of cheating, like, you know, like... uh what is it like first degree second degree third degree murders and things like that <laughs> but yeah hopefully we never talk about this ever again right? like every time we talk about cheating and magic it's just facepalm because i like i like crim said right like people have this fear like you're gonna get cheated on when you go to a paper tournament and things like that right and uh, it's just a a side of the game that's that we all wish would go away but you know we'll just keep coming right yeah it, it's Unfortunate, you know, you you wouldn't think about it, but like it's annoying. Like you know, I, when I was like judging, when I did that a while back, I had to like kind of like watch for cheating at a pre-release, and it's like, dude, you know, like <laughs> come on, at a pre-release, yeah, at a pre-release, and it's just oh, like, dude, man. come on. <laughs> so the second piece of MPL news just happened a few minutes ago. Uh, Jerry Thompson. Stepping down from the MPL, not going to go too deep into the reasons. I know I just saw that uh, Jerry posted a podcast over on the GAM podcast with his reasonings for it. It sounds like it's taking a stand on some things he doesn't agree with, similar to when he didn't play at Worlds uh, and kind of protested Worlds. But I haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast because it literally went up as we were recording this podcast. So I don't want to like speculate on his reasons. If you want Jerry's reasons, listen to his podcast for his reasons. But Jerry Thompson, also out of the MPL. And then Richard, we have a couple of new MPL members replacing Yuya and also Jerry. Uh, who are they? You put me on the spot. So one is Savich, and the other is... Uh, 
Jessica Estefan, Jessica I believe. Estefan? Yep. Hopefully I'm pronouncing uh, Jessica's name Jess-tefan, properly. if you will. Jestefan. Jestefan <laughs> is her Twitch. Twi- uh, Twitter. So, so uh, what do you guys make of this? I, I think this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, the the duality of the MPL and everyone kind of being confused as to what the goal is. Uh, I think the new additions, they're good players and they're entertaining people. And I like them. Are they top 32 players in the world? I think the answer is probably no. And then the initial criteria was top 32 players on pro points. What do you guys think of this weird mixture? I, I think that a lot of the tension with the MPL is coming from this duality with people not really understanding what the goal is and maybe Wizards not completely understanding what the goal is because starting it out as strict cut top 32 pro points and then just kind of putting in random good magic players, it's a little bit weird. Would would the MPL be better if Wizards was just like, all right, this isn't the top 32 players, it's 32 good players that we want to represent our brand and we're going to put in whoever we want to and just set that up front so people could stop <laughs> debating and wondering about it. So Watsi never said it was the top 32 players, right? They're just like, this is where we're starting and we haven't released the criteria for the future seasons. And at this point, it's pretty clear, right? If you are a top 32 player, but you have a, you know, a a marred background, I guess. Like if you are controversial on Twitter or something, or you you do things that are not in line with Wizards' visions, like you're not going to be invited. We all know that at this point, right? So it's just whoever Wizards will invite. And I, I remember from the first Mythic Championship, someone said, look, if you want to get in, there's one tr- true and tried tested way. Just win all the Mythic Championships and Watsi can't ignore you. Right, so you just be a good magic player, and then you'll be in the pool of Watsi's consideration, and then they're gonna decide, right? But at the end of the day, I think MPL is something they wanna use that represents Magic's brand. And Magic's brand is not only about competitive players, right? So they're they're gonna branch out from the strict top list of players. So I don't but, but. see anything wrong with this. I don't know. The thing is like I, I That's agree what Hall of Fame is for, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I think I kind of agree. The problem is the MPL, the way it's designed is like, you get to go to every pro tour. You get to do all this like super ultra spiky stuff that we normally associate with like the best players in the world. So like, I think the MPL would be a lot more entertaining if it was like the Magic Invitational League and you invited a bunch of good people that Wizards liked. But I think it's really weird that with how it's set up with all these like auto qualifiers and pro points and stuff, uh, see, it's it, it's see, at it's odds with what Magic we traditionally Spike think League, of. Right? <laughs> it's just a pro league, which means they're getting paid to play Magic. It's still, no, I don't know. It's still a line. Uh, what, what do you think, Grim? I do not mind this at all, personally, because I think this is, first off, like, Jess is already a good player. I'm not really surprised. Uh, I, I think they said something about her having, like, the highest amount of, like, pro points. Like, they, they wanna, they wanna invite a ton of people that have diversity. And I think Savich is just a good player. Naturally, he, like, I know his history in magic is still, like, at least, like, from, like, you know, streaming standpoint is a little newer, but I know I've watched him from all of his other games. 
he'll get there. He's very good at the games that he plays. And now when he's got a contract behind it, he's definitely going to get very good at the games that he plays. Um, so like, I, I, I love the two pickups and I love the idea of, uh, the fact that you can pull people from all over wherever as long as they're uh, this is kind of going to tie back to what you said earlier and maybe maybe this is how you make things a little more entertaining um because it's not just straight face spiky magic right it's going to be everything all over the place now and i i like that i personally like that only thing i wish is like maybe they should increase more than 32 people that's that's my only issue with all of this there should be more than 32 people not saying there should be like a thousand or something like that but i'm saying just a little bit more than that Overall, I like this. I really like the idea of bringing in people that you would you like, you know, like, yeah, okay, sure. They're, they're pro players now, right? That's all that matters. They're pros now. <laughs> and that's, and that's what I will accept. You tell me they're a pro, they're a pro. Good to me. <laughs> they, they were granted an advantage by Watsy, right? But they are pro players now. Yep. And, you know, if they, if they suck, they won't be invited back next season. They'll but, get relegated but and we don't know rotate that. out or whatever. <laughs> we don't know that. I'm sure we, they will, right? Like, Watsy will get rid of them. We don't have not. any criteria or transparency. Like, they probably exactly. will, but we, we have literally no idea, like, how anyone is doing anything. I think, like... It's the first iteration, right? You can't expect them to get it perfect. Like, I don't know. They don't. They probably don't know what they're doing. And this is not set in st- It's not Hall of Fame, right? It's not like they're forever invited yeah. to every <sighs> Mythic Championship, right? Like, next season, they're like, okay, wait. Right? All, all, all these people are not doing well. We'll just cut them all and go to top 32. Like, they could do that if they wanted. Like, it's not... They're, they're definitely... This is, like, know. still a trial period, right? I feel like. Yeah. So, like, I mean... I don't even know if anyone knows, like in the MPL, how long their contracts are actually going for, right? Like, so the, I would hope they know how like, long their contract. Like, well, but like, like a year, right? Like, it's a year, and will it go yeah, past that? It's a year. Will it get renewed, right? Past that, I, we don't know. And like right now, maybe what they're doing is well, we're going to see how much more exciting the MPL is when you shake it up a little more. And and I get it, you know, there's going to be the arguments of like, oh, these people deserve to be here, and then these people don't deserve to be there. But it's like. Like you said, th- if this is to become an esport, I think you have to change some things up. And this could be fun having personalities, having multiple people from all over the like place, random, like you know, all over. Just it's, is great. That's not how sports work, though. What <laughs> you're what not do you like? Mean? Hey, I really, I really <laughs> like you, person. So you're my starting quarterback now. But like, that's just not like. I don't like. It, it seems in the context of them getting rid of all the pro levels that have been going on for years and people that have been working at gold and silver and platinum for years. And now we have people that are go fund meing their, their MCQ wins because they don't get any money to make it to, Bar- to Barcelona. So they have to post go fund me's to get enough money to make it to the pro tour. The whole, it, it, the whole system to be seems very weird and scattered. And I, I That's think true. Like, I mean, if you're it, an aspiring pro, there's no path for you right now, right? So I, I do agree with you, Seth, that it's not clear what to do and you're kind of just left hanging. Uh, so those people are impacted and they will continue to be until Watsi figures it out. Cause I don't think Watsi knows either what they're doing, right? They're just like, okay, this seems good. Like this, this is the lineup we want to represent us. And then we'll see how it goes. And then they've kind of just left all of the 
former gold and plat players like <laughs> hanging right like so yeah it's it's a bad situation for them i think if we had like the old pro system and then we just like also had the magic pro league to go on saturdays and sure like qualify some people for pro tours i think that that would alleviate a lot of my issues with it then you invite whoever you want you make it the best like entertainment product possible and i think the other reason i'm a little bit frustrated with it is like i i tweeted yesterday about like i really wish the magic pro league was more entertaining and i had a lot of people (laughs) give me this like it's the literal best players in the world and like went off about that and wanting it to be just like ultra spiky pro tour every weekend thing which i think is silly anyway from an entertainment perspective but also if you're just gonna pick and choose whoever kind of goes against that argument so i i just don't know what the goals of the MPR, uh, MPL are at this point. I'm very confused. I'm not even sure Wizards knows what the MPL is. If it's a spike thing, if it's an entertainment product, is it attached to the Pro Tour? Is it to get people watching their Twitch on Saturday afternoons? I don't think they know, and I definitely but, don't know, and no one else knows. we know, right? We know at a high level. At the high level is to grow Magic the Gathering. Yep. Right? And we know, we already know from just discussion that it's not going to be purely Spike, because we know that's not going to grow Magic in the way that they want Magic grown. So we know this is going to morph into basically WWE. This is what we've decided. And I think it's true. And like how they do it, how they brand this league and do they set up some, you know, league for actual competitive play is the question. But we, we do know that this is for the growth of magic. They're not throwing all this money in to, you know, make a top 32 list of magic players, right? They're, they're throwing all this money in to grow the game and to get more players. Yeah. This is, this is definitely going to be a top 32. I think top 32 people, they, feel best represent the brand but that's why, a good way to say it but why I, wasn't that the choice when they created it three months ago and took all the top pro points you say that <laughs> because like, <laughs> that, like what changed in the past three months where you're like went from i want all the best pros by pro points straight cut to i want whoever i want like that's what's so, confusing so here, me did they just do a 180 in the past few months since they came up with this idea like, if you had done that from the beginning, answer. I wouldn't have many of these, can, like, questions about it. If you're just I, like, I invited all these people. I think they did do a 180 because from the inception of MPL to now, we've had three players leave, right? We we have Owen, yeah. Yuya, and Jerry Thompson, right? So maybe Wizards is saying, okay, look, if you just randomly choose the top 32 players, like, stuff like this keeps happening, right? So we need to actually choose so that this doesn't happen yeah uh, so maybe, maybe maybe it is from that right because three players of 32 that is a uh, 10% have left right for various reasons that is not a good look right so so maybe they actually have changed their criteria since we started yeah may- maybe like the change like yeah they didn't start with this because of those reasons right like i mean they didn't start uh because they wanted to just pick the 32 and see what happens and since pick i mean just going by whoever the top 32 are since doing that a lot have left and there's been some negative publicity all this other stuff now they get to kind of like vet who they pick and it hopefully you know doesn't happen anymore like this is the trial it's a lot like i said earlier it's a trial period right now right nothing's set in stone but they they like the idea of this mpl but they don't maybe maybe they like you said they don't know what it is exactly yet but maybe now they just move it to top 32 people that represent the brand best i think when it comes right down to it my issue is 
I don't feel like Wizards really has any of this planned out. And I feel like they decided to make huge changes to competitive play and a, a lot of aspects of the game. And it feels like they don't really have a solid plan. It seems like they're just kind of, and we've talked about this at various times in the past, <laughs> but this is we know an extreme <laughs> example of them just kind of like throwing darts at the wall and seeing what sticks. And this is taking place in the context of like new mulligan rules and modern printing modern sets that have never happened before. And like a lot of changes going on. So it makes me very concerned not the people that have been added to the MPL or left the MPL or whether they're the best players or not, but just the feeling that I don't have much trust that Wizards has like a plan that they're executing right now. And instead it feels like they're just kind of throwing things up there and crossing their fingers and hoping for the best. And that doesn't seem like the best strategy to run a successful business. So you say that and it's a hundred percent true, right? <laughs> like it looks very sketchy. Who knows what's going on? But if you actually take a step back, Magic is doing phenomenal right now, right? Like we are up in Twitch, like we are like a top game. Yeah, we're not like Mythic bottom, bottom two anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was successful. War of the Spark is crazy. You know, Mythic Edition, aside from the snafu, was like widely, you know, everyone loved it. Same with the Japanese Planeswalkers. So like from a high level perspective, Wizards has been killing it. Even though when you look at the actual details that's very sketchy and people are kind of winging it and fly, doing things on the fly and editing things but it's kind of been working out it's, i don't know it's been fine right seth i mean if there's one thing you can say about wizards they are really good at designing magic cards and we saw that with war of the spark and arena has exceeded expectations so i think i agree as far as like the actual game itself magic's doing really well as far as like a lot of the stuff that surrounds the game uh, i just i don't have a ton of confidence that there's a, a plan that's being executed at the moment I, <laughs> sounds I don't like know. you should join watsy to help fix <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i would rather play my bad against the odds decks <laughs> I, I do not want to have to deal with the issues and uh, their job has got to be hard and they've undergone a lot of changes and i'm sure they have a lot of pressure from hasbro so this isn't to bash anyone specifically at wizards but it does seem a bit scatter shot at the moment as far as I, like, i'm pretty sure they just rolling to work they're like drinking some coffee like oh we had 120,000 people on stream yesterday spit it all spit out all the coffee like what what do we do now we have so many people it's like look we have like x million players playing arena what do we do they're like i don't know what do we do and they run around in circles i'm pretty sure that's what happens every monday at watsi now so uh, hopefully they get it together but i think it's been going pretty well so even if they're fumbling around it's it's kind of working so uh excited to see where it goes yeah, it's definitely an exciting time, and uh, and we'll see what happens. So anyway, we got to move on and get fish mail. We're we're rambling on a bit too long about MPL stuff. So Richard, give us some fish mail. All right, uh, Captain Wow twenty six. If you were to play a top tier modern deck for a mythic championship, which ones would you pick? Have you ever played any format besides Commander together? Ooh. Um, oh, Krim, what is your top tier modern deck <laughs> <laughs> for a mythic championship? Uh, well, I mean, with the way the actual meta looks right now, I, <laughs> I really, 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 really like, I know, like Esper Control is a good deck. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. It's like, well, why would you ask me? Cause you know, I'm going to tell you that. Cause I, that's, 
it's just got versatile answers and of course if not there's uh, like is it phoenix i mean it, okay take away what my love for esper and and how like, i genuinely think it has good tools to fight the meta but just to humor everyone else uh, i will recommend playing something that has faithless looting <laughs> so is it phoenix uh dredge maybe death shadow um you know tron is was really 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 popular but that's because of the london mulligan uh, now with that off moto, I've been running into nothing but Grixis Death Shadow. And, and like that's mostly all I run into online. So Grixis Death Shadow, humans, you know, you can try to just do something that isn't, that, that is just super aggressive. And anything that's super aggressive will make it so that it doesn't matter what your opponent's doing if they're, you know, dead before they can get any of their wheels, like spinning. So. Yeah. Phoenix does that. Humans does that. Dredge has some pretty disgusting starts. Of course, Dredge folds to potential hate. But yeah. And if you like doing math, like lots of math, you can do hardened scales. Uh, <laughs> I, I do not enjoy doing too much math. So hardened scales is probably like the last deck you'll ever see me play. <laughs> I would probably, I would probably go with humans. A lot of the top tier decks, I just, I don't like Dredge. I don't like Tron. I would not enjoy playing however many rounds at a mythic championship with them. So if I got to pick one of the top tier decks, I think humans is probably the deck that I would have the most fun with. Uh, you get some tricky lines. You still have a fast clock. It is a really powerful deck and it has a lot of answers to a lot of the unfair decks going on with meddling mage and kite sail freebooters and so forth. So correct. Yeah. Humans is the best Jun deck currently. So yeah, but like <laughs> I do also like this sweet, like new, is it Phoenix deck that's like pretty much playing? It's not like super new, but before they were sideboarding Pyromancer's Ascension, now you see some of them just full on bringing them all, like just like mainboarding them. And it's just like, oh yeah, we'll just burn you out if you exile our Phoenixes and stuff like that. All right. Next question. Eleven Vicious. Hot take on Modern Horizons. We're getting Dak faded. What's your hot take? Ooh. Um,. I actually think we will probably potentially get Dak Faden. That would be on my list. Uh, they're going to reprint Force of Will. That's, That's my hot take. That is the hottest of takes. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. What, what is my, what is your hot take, Richard? I got to think on mine. For a I, I don't, I can't, I can't outdo Force of Will. Like, <laughs> they're not going to do Wasteland or Days. <laughs> like, hmm. I don't know. Stoneforge? <laughs> is this the is this the unbanding of Stoneforge time? I think it is Stoneforge. Hot take. I think I think my hot take will they'll create a brand new blue planeswalker that's gonna be better than Jason Teferi. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> hot take or dream? Yeah. A little bit like, of both. Okay, Teferi, look. small Teferi. Okay, Jace the Mind Sculptor. It's gonna be Teferi the Mind Sculptor of Dominaria. It's like a zero to cast plays walker starts at 10 loyalty. You're like, who who, who made Crim's Invitational card? What's going on? Like, look, I, if, we, if we're going to talk about Force of Will, we may as well just throw that in there. I view, I see those two happening. <laughs> they, those are both as likely to happen, in my opinion. Plus one. Until your next turn, you may cast any blue instant card in your hand by <laughs> exiling a blue card and paying one life. No problem. We got this. Three mana by, oh, and untap two mana at the end of your turn. <laughs> Alright, uh, Mansear's Legros, playing Esper Control on Arena, I play, I, I face 
Wub and UBR. So Jeskai and Esper control 90% of my ranked games. Try to rig the system by mainboarding control hate and putting sweepers in sideboard. <laughs> Haven't seen a control deck in 20 games. Coincidence or should I put on a tinfoil hat? <laughs> I can tell you right now that is that is always how it goes. I, I, I do the same. I'm just like, well, you know, let's humor it. I'll, I'll, I'll hedge my bets. And sometimes it works though. Like th- this season I hit mythic cause I just hedge my bets. I'm like, I'm going to play like three duress main board move all like, like only have like one sweeper in the, in the main deck <laughs> and it actually worked. So I don't know. It's, it's a, uh, it's a ladder and this is the best thing about a ladder system. It's really actually just random. <laughs> all right. Uh, Maxi Wawa. Hi, Krim. Can you describe all you had to do to get to the Mythic Invitational, starting with the events that just anyone could enter? The chain or ladder you had to climb? Thanks. To get to the Mythic Invitational? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I... You were just invited, right? Yep. I just pretty much turned on my computer and I played a lot of Magic. And, and I worked hard to, I don't know, play Magic. And I guess I got picked. Well... <laughs> Not just play a lot of magic, stream a lot of yeah, magic. Yes, stream a lot of magic. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that was, that was pretty much, I mean, I don't know the criteria, right? So I did not know what the criteria was. I, I didn't do all this because I thought there would be some crazy big stage I'd be going to. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to play magic. <laughs> so, you know what you sh- I recommend? Playing magic. And <laughs> That's streaming magic. Advice. Yeah, yeah. I think you should play magic, stream magic, and genuinely have fun while doing it. Not not trying to get anything out of it. Don't stream and play magic because you think, well, I better do this. So Watsy invites me to the invitational dinner or something like that. You know what I mean? All right. Next question. Fight growl. Watsy is making a lot of cards that remove hexproof slash indestructible cards that circumvent the legend rule in exile zone. I feel this ruins the initial concept of those mechanics. Do you feel this is bad game design? Oh my, hexproof! I, f- is I feel bad hexproof. Game yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with hexproof? Oh my goodness, it's so brutal. Uh, I do not feel bad. I think there should be more answers to hexproof. It does not lead to fun magic, in my opinion. Uh, and I, I think Marrow has talked about wishing if he could go back in time, having a uh, legendary not actually have any rules implications in the game and just be a flavor thing so i'm not really surprised to see it going that direction and i'm pretty okay with it i think dealing with hexproof is good and uh, things like spark double or helm of the hosts they get around the legendary rule are pretty fine especially since they're not like super aggressively costed to like show up in top tier tournament decks or whatever but i think it's a fun mechanic to have around yeah i like all of the like i like i like circumventing the legend rule i think that's fun i for whatever reason i do not like circumventing the exile zone i feel it just makes exile like a second graveyard I feel like once something is exiled, it should be exiled forever. Uh, but like, I, I understand where, you know, where, where the submitter is getting with this, but I, I think it's fine. I think it keeps magic fresh and, uh, there's cool interactions. Like when you take some of the new cards and then pair them with the old cards, uh, it makes, you know, when you have cards that were never designed, like, when they made a legendary, they're like, okay, there's always only going to be one of them. And then 10 years later, they print this other card that lets you have duplicate legendaries. I think that makes for cool interactions in Commander. Oh, yeah. I, I think Spark Double's a super sweet card. So, and because of that, like having two Planeswalkers, I, I got an uptick two Teferis. That felt so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Untap four lands. That's a free Spark Double. That's a free Spark Double. <laughs> 
last question. Alden B4610, from a finance perspective, do you think when foiling out a deck that it is better to keep non-foil copies or insure the deck in case of theft slash loss? Oh. Hmm. How does the non-foil copies help? Yeah. I, I guess if you've lost your deck, you would still have it in non-foil? It doesn't help you financially, though, really. I would be worried about yeah. holding on to non-foil copies because they're probably going to get reprinted a lot. Uh, we've seen a lot of reprints, uh, especially of commander-type deck uh, staples in decks. So I wouldn't want to just hold on to non-foils for years and years. I think probably more likely over the long run to get reprinted and go down in value than to just keep going up in value. I do not know how much it costs to insure a deck. If it's not super expensive, I guess I would go that direction. Do either one of you know anything about insuring a deck? I've never wanted to, so I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 all I can say is that I personally, although like it is easier to, I, I think it's easier to move non-foil cards if you care about that for finance. Uh, cause although foil cards are more expensive, they are a lot harder to get rid of. Yeah. I think it depends on how much your deck is, yeah. but I, I've seen the common wisdom is you can add your magic cards to like your renter's insurance or your home insurance. Um, but you need to do it in a certain way. Like you need to kind of enumerate and have some kind of spreadsheet of all the values or something. But that seems to be the most foolproof way. Uh, if your deck is expensive. Uh, I don't understand the non-foil copies, like how that helps, but insuring your deck, like a lot of people do it, people with expensive collections. Like even if you don't, you know, if it's a deck, you always run the risk of losing it, uh, someone breaking into your car and stealing it, but also in your home, someone can just steal it or you could have a flood or a fire or something. So I think insuring your deck or your collection in general is a pretty good idea. I've just never done uh, it. I don't know how you would even go about it. What? There, you, you have to call your insurance person. You can. It's like a simple add-on to like your normal home insurance or renter's insurance. I do know that much. Huh? It's like insuring like expensive jewelry or something, right? There's like some special thing that you can do to do that. I mean, I guess if you have a really expensive deck and it's not super expensive to insure it, then that's probably worth looking into at least. I guess I would just yeah. want to make sure it was was covered for like theft and all other sorts of things that could happen to your deck but yeah i mean i know you can buy it but i i haven't seen examples of people successfully claiming it right like you know say yeah they, they'll take your money and they'll say it's insured and then when time comes and you actually lose your deck like how easy is it to get a replacement deck from your insurance like that is the question if anyone has actual examples of that i'd love to see it or learn about it like see if it, it actually is as easy as hey you insured uh my power nine collection it's worth this much please give me this much money right like i wonder if it's actually that easy or like what happens when you actually have to claim it uh so that's all our questions for this week thank you to everyone who sent in fish mail you can send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air and I think that that brings us to the end of episode 224 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Cribb, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we will be back next week with some sweet new Modern Horizon spoilers. So, until then, this is the crew signing out. Bye.